Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your cities upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. Good morning, podcast family. Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. I'm your host, Justin. Hey, we're helping you turn cities upside down. And guess for who? For Jesus. That's right. How are we doing that? Well, we're giving you scriptural motivation and strategies to help you get out there and get some stuff done for King Jesus. And we thank you for being part of this global family, my friends. We're going around the world. And listen, that's not the goal. The goal is just get the word out there. And we believe that people are getting helped. They're getting inspired and motivated. Hallelujah. And they're doing stuff for Jesus. And uh, we're so thankful that you are a part of that. We couldn't do it without you, friends. And so, you know, you're paying it forward, as they say. And we thank you for your prayers and even your financial support. I'm telling you, it's making it happen, friends. Hey, listen, we're doing something. Uh, You know, part of a thank you is we're sending out free CDs. That's right. If you know somebody that would be blessed by one of the episodes, this is episode 85. It was back in 2021. This was a really good one, though. This was laws of the spirit and uh, if you know somebody uh, or if you would like one uh, send us an email at hello at gracecitychurch.tv that's hello at gracecitychurch.tv send us their name and address and we'll get it mailed out to them at no charge and listen that's made possible by our partners just like you getting the word out there friends that's what you're helping us do listen also i want to invite you to participate in uh, what we're calling the studio project we have a facility here on our property And the Lord said, put three studio sets inside of it. And so here's what we're wanting to do. One of the studio sets is like a, um, I think there's a technical term for it, but it's like an interview style. You know, you got a a couch and a chair. We can have people come sit down and talk about things, discuss biblical strategies. Hallelujah. The other set is an expanded podcast studio. If you're watching me now, you can see the studio we're in now. And, uh, but over there we can um, do some things to expand it just a little bit. And then the third set, is what we're calling Equippers Academy and Equippers University. And it's more like a sit-down headshot, more educational, where we can take people through the Bible from the milk of the word for the beginners and bring them all the way up to a mature believer where they're able to dig into some of the meat of the word. And so if you want to participate in that, we invite you to help us accomplish that vision. Of course, all financial gifts are tax deductible. You can go to our website, gracecitychurch.tv forward slash give, Follow the instructions, and when you see the drop-down menu, select the studio project. Listen, we thank you in advance for helping us do that. Listen, when you come to visit us for some of our meetings, I'll give you a tour of the studio. Hallelujah, somebody. It's going to be awesome. All right, let's jump into this today. And I want to talk about purpose, and we'll do a multi-part here, but uh, we'll dive into this. Do you know that you were born on purpose, come on, and with purpose? And really, it's our responsibility to discover what that purpose is. Some people live their whole lives, and they have yet to really discover the reason why they were born. But today, we're going to dive into this, and I believe you're going to get some questions answered and be inspired and encouraged, friends, to go find your purpose. Or as you'll hear us say in the episode today, find your work. It's really important that we locate our work. Let's jump into this John chapter 4, if you've got your Bibles. Go with me to John chapter 4, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. 
And uh, here Jesus begins to tell us something that's very important. In verse 37, it says, For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. Verse 38, Jesus says, I sent you to reap for that which you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labors. Now, couple things about this passage here. From this, we derive this, this thought or this principle, that you don't choose your own work. Jesus chooses your work for you. Now, he's the Lord of the harvest, and as you'll see in a minute from Matthew, that he goes out and he recruits people, and he's recruiting you, friend. Um, and so Jesus places us into our work. The other thing that we understand is that we didn't choose the time of our birth either. You were born at a very specific time, and that was calculated, that was strategic. You could have been born 1,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, but you weren't. You were born when you were born. The Bible says that he knew us before we were born, and so he chose the time in which you and I would be placed into the earth, and therefore, as we see here with Jesus, he also chooses our work for us. So we actually are on kind of a process of discovery we are awakening to the fact of what we have been placed in the earth to do. We have an assignment. We have a work. Uh, we're here on time. There's a purpose. Uh, you know, if you go to like Ephesians 2, 2.10, he says that God created things for us, these good things, these good works. He created them beforehand that we should walk in them. And so it's kind of a process of discovery. Uh, but this is important when you think about that Jesus has a particular work for you. We are locating what that work is. Once we find out what that work is, then we yield, we yield, we submit, basically. We yield our will to his will, and we say, yes, that's what I've been looking for. Father, whatever you tell me to do, that's, what, that, that's it. That, that, that's what I've been dreaming about, is for you to reveal to me uh, what you have put inside of me, the, the, uh, the reason why I'm here. And so we find some of that beginning principle right here. Again, our calling and our assignment is from heaven. We're just not wandering around trying to figure out what we would like to do. Now, um, you know, without being the word police or whatever here, if you were like me, though, I had awesome parents. But, you know, my parents said something that wasn't exactly true. And they would say things like this, you know, Justin, you can be whatever you want to be. And you've probably heard that, too. A lot of parents, a lot of good good parents raise their, their children, you know, just in the the idea was to inspire them, to encourage them. Hey, you know what? You've got it within you. And I get all that. But the reality is at the end of the day that that's not a true statement. You can't be whatever you want to be. I mean, I guess you could. You could choose to do whatever you want to do, but there's only one purpose. There's a reason why you were born. And anything uh, that is second to that uh, would not be the fullness or the fulfillment of the purpose that God had on your life. Now, you know, he, he works on so many different levels. I mean, this is not something that we need to get condemned over or feel bad about. But at this point in our life, we're asking God, hey, what is the thing that I'm to do? What's the thing that you've called me to do uh, that I need to be working on and accomplishing so that I can hear, hear, well done, good and faithful servant? All right, the idea of a servant is this person that comes in to do uh, serve someone else. We're serving our Lord Jesus Christ, and we want to hear, well done, good and faithful 
servant. So we're inquiring right now, what do you want us to do? What's the thing that I need to accomplish? What needs to have my attention? And so that's what we're endeavoring to discover uh, today in our episode, or at least find out that that position where we can release our faith to inquire of him to get on track if we're off track. Even if we're off just a little bit, we, we, we want to make any adjustments to get right in the middle of what he's called us to. So here again, John 4, we understand that our calling and assignment is from heaven. We have been called into the labors of those who have gone before us. That's the other thing that stands out here is that our work is not necessarily unique to us because we're so special. We have been invited into a work that's been going on for a long time. You're going to see that here shortly with several passages that we're going to look at. But he has had one plan over the ages and at different times on the timeline, you know, uh, different days throughout the Bible work week, right? 6,000 years, a six-day work week. That's man's days upon the earth. We can see that he's gone out and he's hired people to come in at various times. And at our time, in our generation, he's saying, will you come work for me? All right, now look at this in the New Living. This is verse 37, John 4, 37 in the New Living. You know the saying, one plants and another harvests. And it's true. Verse 38, I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. Wow. Again, here we see, very important that you and I are called to the harvest. Another way that we could say that is that you and I are the finishing generation. Okay, we're wrapping it up. We're the last ones to come into the work field because the harvest is the last part of the work. You have work that was prior to harvest, which is seed time, or you know, you had field prep, cultivation, then you had sowing the seed, you had taking care of the seed, you had weeding the seed, right? You had watching over that as the seed began to grow, then there's pruning, et cetera, that goes along with all that. And then finally, the last part of the work is bringing in the harvest. You and I, just so happen, we are living in the days of the fullness of the times, or we could say of the harvest. It's the very last part of the work. Again, you and I are called to a specific place and position and a very specific function in the timeline of God's purposes. Now, your calling is as much about function as it is about the timing in which you were born. Again, you could have been born a thousand years ago, but instead you were born here. Now, once you realize where you are at in the timeline, the timeline itself lends, it's part of what uh, helps to reveal what your work is. Obviously, if you were born uh, in the time of sowing, then you would kind of get an idea of what your work is. But you're born, guess what, in the time of harvest. And so we're realizing, oh, the time in which I was born also reveals what my work will be because my work is associated with the time in which I was born. Now, when Jesus spoke uh, these words to his disciples, they were at the beginning or the start of the finish. Remember Acts chapter 2 Peter gets up and he says, this is what Joel prophesied, right? We had this uh, Old Testament prophet speaking forward of God's prophetic timeline, uh, his timetable. 
these moeds, these appointed times. Joel was speaking into the future. Peter, by way of Holy Ghost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out in, you know, right there in the book of Acts is where it's recorded. When the Spirit was poured out, Peter had a revelation by way of Holy Spirit. He said, this is that which Joel prophesied. Joel said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. Well, Peter realized, hey, uh, we are in the beginning of what Joel prophesied. So Joel's prophecy had to do with the last two days, day five and day six. Now, when Jesus was telling the disciples this in John 4, these guys, their place in the timeline was at the beginning of what the Bible says, the last days. They were in the beginning of that. They helped to launch the work associated with the last days or the fullness of the times or the end of all things, or we could easily say the maturity of all things. Remember the parable uh, Jesus talks about that um, there was the tares sown in among the wheat and somebody said, well, just, just come in and rip them out. He said, no, 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 let them come up into maturity because then you'll be able to tell the difference and then you can sort them easier. All right, so everything's coming into a maturity. Everything's reaching the stage of harvest. This is where you and I are placed. Our work is uniquely associated with the timeline. All right, so again, when Jesus is telling his guys this, the disciples, they're at the beginning of this. You and I are at the end of it. We're at the very final moments of it. Recently, uh, somebody said this to me. They said this, you're an end time minister. And I thought to myself, I rarely teach on eschatology, which is the study of end times, uh, eschatos, which is uh, end end things, the, the very last of the last. It'd be like the last day of the week or the last week of the month or the last month of the year. It's the furthest end point of a mapped journey. That's eschatos. And so eschatology is the study of those things. And uh, somebody said, you're an end time minister. And, and I was thinking to myself, man, you know, I, I mean, I may have preached four or five messages, you know, that were strictly like, you know, your traditional or typical or classical, you know, eschatology type messages. And I was just kind of scratching my head going, man, I don't think I'm an end time minister. But then I realized, well, that's not what the Lord was saying. He wasn't talking about my, 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 my Bible studies or my sermons. He was saying, Justin, you are a minister in the end times. That's why you're an end time minister. Listen, you and I, we are end time servants. We are living in the final moments of this work week. The Bible gives us uh, information primarily about seven days, but then he alludes to the eighth day. This is why we worship on Sundays, because the Jews called it the eighth day, even though it was the first day of the next cycle. Okay. There's cycles of seven throughout the Bible. And, uh, but that's, that's the reason why they, they worshiped on Sundays because it was the eighth day. We're eight day people. And the Bible gives us this 7,000 years, six days of man, seventh, the 7,000th year is the millennial, the Sabbath reign of Christ Jesus. It's, it's a, a thousand years of peace and rest for the earth because King Jesus is ruling the earth from Jerusalem. Uh, but then it, it alludes to the next, what's happening after. Some people call it the eternal state. The Bible doesn't give us a whole lot of information concerning that, but it's the eighth day. It's the start of the 
next. Hallelujah, somebody. Oh, we are anticipating that. But right now, you and I are at the final moments of the sixth day. Hallelujah. And so knowing, recognizing, understanding where in the timeline we are, that gives revelation to what our work is. All right? So you and I, guess what? We're laborers in the end times. I'm an end time minister. You're an end time minister. Hallelujah. All right, something else very important we want to understand from this passage is there are two distinct parts to this story. There's the seed time, and then there's the harvest. But one plan and purpose overshadows both of these labors. Now look at this in Hebrews chapter 11. Go with me to Hebrews 11. And uh, let's see here. Hebrews, I'm going to turn there in my Bible. And we, we see something very important here. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 39. And it says, and all these, talking about the cloud of witnesses here, and all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, come on, the just shall live by faith. But notice this next line. Did not, all these, the cloud of witness, did not receive the promise. Verse 40, God having provided something better for us. That's very interesting. That they should not be made perfect apart from us. Now, this is something very important here. This goes back to John chapter 4. Remember, even though there's distinct works like uh, seed time and harvest, Okay, one sows, another reaps. This is how he's explaining these two uh, efforts. Okay, uh, seed time requires uh, particular activity. There's tools associated with that, and then harvest is the same thing. Although they're two distinct works, it's one. It's overshadowed by one purpose. We're sowing that seed, and then we're trying to get in the fruit from that uh, that that seed, that harvest. And so he's he's saying that they that we've been placed into the labors of others. This is the cloud of witnesses. These are those believers that have worked for him in the morning, uh, in the afternoon. Some were brought in at, you know later in the day. Some were brought in right before the close of the day. But yet all these people have worked under one purpose. There's one purpose, one plan that has spanned the ages, and at different times throughout that plan, people have been brought in. And he says, I'm placing you into the labors of those that have gone before you. They've labored up to a point where now they can pass that on to you. If, if we want to think about it in terms of like uh, a baton race, let's say you got four runners. Um, the first runner sets out and then they reach a certain point and then here comes the second runner and the second runner catches up. And at some point there's a transition of the baton to the second runner. Well, when the first runner passes the baton and they pull off the racetrack, they don't go celebrate because the race isn't over yet. This is what this verse is saying. People have gone on before us, but they have not been made perfect yet because the last runner hasn't come in off, off the uh, racetrack. The last part of the work has not been accomplished yet. They've gone on to glory. Now they've become the cloud of witnesses, but what are, what are they doing? They're not celebrating the end of the race. They haven't partaken of all the promises yet because you're not there. You haven't finished yet. So he's saying 
we're all working together and they can't finish yet. They can't celebrate the finish until you and I finish. This is what this verse is saying. They can't finish without us. But here's the thing. We can't even start our race until we know where uh, God's begun. We don't know our start until we know what has happened before us. We don't know where to pick up the baton if we haven't been paying attention to what's been going on down through the ages. Every generation is asked by the Lord of the harvest himself if they would come and work for him and labor in his singular plan and purpose throughout the ages. Every generation is asked to take their place in the plan. And what we're reading about those who have gone on before is they're waiting. They're anticipating until you and I finish our race. And should the Lord tarry and you and I go on to be with the Lord, if we finish our race here on the earth, then there's no reason to stay. We're just going to transition over to our heavenly home. And if you and I are to get up there, before the end of the plan comes about, the return of King Jesus, before that happens, then you and I are going to join that cloud. We're going to be cheering on those on the earth who are still carrying on the work because we're not going to celebrate the finish of this thing until it's all done. Oh, thank you, Father, for it. Now look at this in Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. You're going to see something here very clearly. Matthew 20, verse 1. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning. Oh, thank you, Jesus. To hire laborers for his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw people standing idle in the marketplace. Verse 5. And again, he went out about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did likewise. Verse 6. And about the eleventh hour. Now, the eleventh hour is the final moments. But at the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing idle. And he said to them, why have you been here idle all day? Now, we start to get something from this passage. Number one, we begin to see, again, there's been one plan. Father, Heavenly Father, He has had one plan that has spanned the ages, okay? And it started uh, in Genesis 1-2. This was when the earth was tohu vabohu. It was uh, without form and void. He recreated the earth as you and I know it. Uh, Peter alludes to it that there was the world that uh, uh, then was, and now there's the world as you and I understand it. And right then, his plan started right there. And Jesus was a part of that plan because, see, he was slain before the foundations. That word foundation foundation is catabole. It means overthrow. Jesus was slain before the overthrow. Genesis 1-2 is when he, he recreated, right after the overthrow, he recreated the earth. This is the world as you and I understand it right now. And that's when the plan started. And at different times, he has gone out in the morning, in the afternoon, even at the 11th hour, he still has gone out and recruited people to be a part of Father's plan. Remember, Jesus said, he said, my work is to finish Father's business. He said, at night's coming when no man can work. So we must work while it's still day. All right, so you and I, at different times, different points, some were recruited in the morning. Some were recruited in the afternoon. Hallelujah. You and I, guess what? We were recruited at the 11th hour. 
and we've been invited into this work. And this is what this passage is revealing to us here. Um, and, and Jesus has found some people completely idle, but he says, will you come work for me? Hallelujah, friends. And if you haven't said yes to Jesus, don't delay. Accept him today and say yes to him. Hallelujah. All right, now uh, let's draw our attention real quick to this thought. He says, why have you been standing here idle all day? Ooh, very interesting. This word idle, it kind of stood out to me. And here we'll begin to understand that Jesus's definition of idle might be a little bit different than ours. Uh, typically, the way you and I would define idle, we might say inactive. We might even say lazy or associate laziness with idleness. Um, we might say that idle refers to someone or something just sitting around doing nothing. But that's not necessarily the way the uh, kingdom or Jesus or the Bible here would define what idle is. If you're taking notes, write this down. Idle isn't merely inactivity or little activity. Idle is purposeless activity. Idle is purposeless activity. So with that in mind, then you would understand that somebody could be actually very busy. They could be extremely active, yet still be judged idle. Somebody could be doing lots of things, yet still be judged idle idle. Why is that? Because idleness is not just inactivity. Idleness is purposeless activity. I want you to think about this for a moment. You're hard at work. You've studied. You've practiced. You've got your tools or whatever. You're busy. You're hoofing it. You're hustling. And Jesus comes up and asks you, why have you been here idle all day? And you're scratching your head going, what do you mean? I've been busy. Look at me. I'm hustling. Listen, Jesus is not, uh, he, 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 he understands that you're not just doing nothing. But here's, here's what he's basically asking. He says, why haven't you engaged your or the purpose? Your purpose and the purpose is synonymous, friends. Listen, God started something a long time ago, whether you've been privy to it or ignorant to it. There's been a plan that has been going on for thousands of years before you were born. And he has been doing one thing. There's been this overarching plan and purpose throughout the ages. The Bible is a revealer of what he's been doing. And when you come to the realization that you need to get uh, on board with what Jesus is doing, then what Holy Spirit does is comes in and does a, a work in you to where you can get right in. You can get plugged in. Remember in 1 Corinthians 12, it says he places in the body. But, but you have to realize, wow, I've been, I've been out. I've been doing my own thing. I've been doing my own work. I've been working against the plan. And that's what repentance is, is you realize, wow, God's been doing something, and I need to hook up with what he's doing and quit doing what I've been doing. Hallelujah. Remember, Jesus is asking in light of what he's been doing since morning. Jesus is pretty straightforward. In effect, he's saying to these guys here in Matthew, what is that, Matthew chapter 20, he says to these guys, you've watched me hire people all day. You've watched people come and go all day to my fields, and still you are ignorant to my need of your services. 
all day, he says to these guys, all day you've been idle. Did you not realize that your purpose was to come work for me? This is what Jesus, in effect, is, is saying to these guys in Matthew 20. And he's telling you and I this same, same thing here. He's like, do you not realize? And, you know, he's very kind, but, but he's saying, do you not realize that your purpose has been to work for me? That's what you were born for. You were born to be a part of the plan that has spanned the ages. Listen, the Bible has already outlined the work. And right now, as we would say it in this dispensation, there's only one work. There's one thing Father's doing. And Jesus said that he's busy uh, about finishing Father's work, and then Jesus is recruiting others to get into that same work. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we thank you for it. So here's where you and I want to be in the last couple minutes we have of our podcast here. This is where you and I need to be. We're in a uh, place of discovery. We're asking ourselves, listen, what am I doing? Uh, I may be really busy, but have I engaged my purpose? Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2 here, and we'll look at this really quick in the last couple minutes. Ephesians 2. And then we'll pick up the rest of this in another podcast. And we, we're going to deep dive in, in, into some of this. Look at this. It's Ephesians 2. What verse is that? 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Listen, we're created in Christ Jesus. Now, in Luke 4, you find out that Jesus is anointed. Now, because he's the head of the body, and we know from an Old Testament passage in Psalms that the anointing, talks about Aaron, came on the head, rolled down to his beard, fell off the beard. The Bible doesn't explicitly say this, but when, when the anointing that comes on the head first, when it falls off of the head, where, where does it fall? Well, it falls down on the body. And so Jesus is acknowledging for us in Luke 4 what he has been anointed to do. This is very important because the anointing on the head is the anointing that functions on the body. And so Jesus is giving us information here about what his work is. Now, when we're created anew in Christ Jesus, all of our work is located within that. Uh, there may be work outside of that at some point, but, but the Bible doesn't give us any information concerning that. That's eight-day stuff. Right now, we have a revelation of Jesus and work, what his work is. And he said, I'm anointed to finish Father's work. All of our work will fall within the parameters of what Jesus is doing. And uh, you, you can see what he's doing throughout the scriptures here. It has every, everything to do with, with the, re, the redemption of mankind. And you and I have been tasked to go into all the world and tell every person. Now, the reason why that's important is because the Old Testament primarily dealt with, dealt with two, two people, the Jews and the Gentiles or the nations. And he's saying, now I had a covenant with the Jews, but they're blind right now to it. In fact, Romans says they're enemies of, of the gospel. And so in this moment of their blindness, this is an advantage now to the rest of the world. Jesus's mission right now, which is your, your mission, is to go to everybody everywhere, no matter which part of the Gentile, which part of the nations you were, even to the ends of the earth, which is Australia and New Zealand, even to the very uttermost parts of the earth and go tell everybody 
give them the invitation, give them the bridal invitation, give them the body invitation, tell them about the redeem, the redeemer, the king, tell them about Jesus. That is our work right now. And we work within the parameters of that anointing that has come upon the head. So when, when we look at this verse in Ephesians 2.10, we're created anew in Christ Jesus. All right, so right there it's telling you, you can find your work. And then we would look at the timeline or the timetable. Now in our next podcast, I'm gonna take you to Jeremiah 6, and I'm gonna show you that God has made it evident that he has reserved times and seasons, all right? So you and I, we recognize what our work is in Christ Jesus. There's no work outside of him. You've been placed in his body, all right? So we're recognizing what has Christ been anointed to do? You and I are gonna fall within some position, some location within, under, within the parameters, the anointing that's on Jesus Christ. Let's read the rest of this verse. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, again, for repetition's sake, if you were like me and you grew up thinking, hey, I can do whatever I want. Well, that's actually not true because the Father already created a work for you which will be located in Christ Jesus And then if you look at Christ Jesus and his purposes, come on. Remember, he said, my work is to finish father's business. So if you look at Christ Jesus, you can begin to locate what his assignment is, what grace and anointing has come upon him in order to fulfill that and be faithful to it. Then you'll find out the timeline. The Bible reveals God's dealings with man. Once you realize what time you've been born, okay? We're in the time of the Gentiles. This is Romans chapter what? Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 11. We're in the time of time of the Gentiles. We know exactly what time uh, we're born in. The time in which we're born in gives revelation to then the work associated with that time. Then we look up, then we look to Christ and we find out what anointings what graces have come upon us. That's our tooling for our work. Hallelujah, friends. Oh, it's exciting. All right, we're going to stop there. And we're going to pick up in the next podcast. We'll go a little bit deeper here. What are we doing? We're locating what our purpose is, what our work is, what our assignment is. Hallelujah. Again, some, some people grew up thinking, Hey, I can do, I can be whatever I want to be. Hey, you want to do this, go do it. You can do it. You can do whatever you want. That's actually not true, friends. Hallelujah. He has a work for us and we're going to discover it. All right. Hey, if we can pray with you, if we can believe God with you, if you're saying, man, I get it. Wow. 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 I need, I need some prayer. I want somebody to join with me and agree with me that I'll find my work, find my purpose. Hey, several ways you can reach out to us. You can call us 870-741-9099. Leave a message. Somebody will get right back with you. Or you can send us an email at hello at gracecitychurch.tv. That's hello at gracecitychurch.tv. We got prayer partners that will reach back out to you and agree with you concerning God's will for you, his purpose for you, friends. Hallelujah. 
Well, until next time, my friends, this has been the Grace for This City podcast. Be blessed. <laughs>